Hey everybody, welcome back. This week I am excited to share with you someone you've heard before, but I invited Monica Froze to do an expert call with my membership site, The Podcaster Pod, a couple months ago. And you heard her in an interview, I guess three months ago now. I'll, I'll share that um, episode as well in the show notes. But Monica came in and did an expert, expert call where she trained the members of the Podcaster Pod on how to develop an idea for a digital product. And if you remember Monica, she's a digital product coach, primarily focused on women business owners. Um, she also hosts the popular podcast, uh, Empowered Business. So Monica has an MBA. Okay, she has an MBA in finance and marketing. She developed um, the Redefining Mom blog about seven or eight years ago now, and it grew that. She's also developed the Empowered Business um, Lab and things like that, where she teaches people how to develop digital products, simple digital products. And she spent 11 years before that working for a Fortune 100 company in marketing. Okay, so she knows what she's talking about. And I think you're gonna enjoy this, this recording of this expert call because it really has a lot of great information, a lot of details on how to figure out what type of digital product you should offer to your audience. So here is Monica. And I'm gonna welcome you, Monica, who you are the, you are the digital product expert that I know and trust. I have, I've actually purchased your stuff. I've purchased your digital products. I I bought you the have. two weeks ago. What did I buy? The, the uh, family boss spreadsheet. The family boss that. spreadsheet. Yes. Cause I was like, ah, cause I'm that person in the, in the family that keeps everything. And right now they were on like six different spreadsheets and I have to remember what they're called. And I hadn't put them in the right Google drive folder and things like that. So, um, I can endorse you personally that like, this is, this is a game changer. And for a lot of podcasters, the way that they start monetizing, I was, I was telling you before, like I'm, I'm doing this course right now where I'm giving all these ways, these 10, 11, 12 ways that people can monetize their podcast without having to go to find advertisers and sponsors. Because really, if you're not in the top 7% of podcasters, you're not going to get really great advertisers. You're going to be going and trying to find someone that you can work one-on-one -on -one with. And so things like digital products, templates, spreadsheets, um, tripwires, lead magnets, like all these things that people can create quickly, simply, uh, that shares something that they are an expert at and they can solve problems quickly. That's the best way for a lot of podcasters to get started. And so I wanted to have you come in and, and share a little bit of your process and your recommendations. Yeah. And actually I don't say this in the presentation, but I had a podcast. I still have a podcast. It's mm -hmm. on a hiatus right now and it's called empowered business. And the whole point of the podcast was to lead back to all my digital products. Right. Like that's how I monetized the podcast. Otherwise mm -hmm. I wouldn't have invested as much time into it as I did because I wasn't intending on getting sponsors or anything like that. That wasn't uh, the motive. Mm -hmm monetization I was looking for. So I basically everything I'm going to talk about was very applicable to my podcast as well. Cool. My podcast was the lead gen for it essentially. Awesome. All right. Well, let me share. Um, you have to enable for me to yeah, share. I was gonna, I thought, Oh wait, no, I don't want to share my own. I want to go here and I want to do that. There you go. All right. Okay. 
Um, so this is me. No, quick overview. So uh, I run two two main brands, um, which are Redefining Mom and Empowered Business. So Redefining Mom is a site uh, dedicated to helping moms find their identity outside of motherhood. It started is a postpartum blog. And that's how I got started online, which I have a little bit about that on the next screen. And then right now I spend the most of my time focusing on powered business, which I said, my podcast is named. And that's the business where we do everything to help specifically women build digital products with the goal of giving them financial independence. Um, so this is like a little timeline of how this all came together in 2013 redefining mom was born because of my anger towards the maternity leave policies in the U S it ended up leading me to the White House while I was still I was still in corporate. I was in corporate for 11 years. I um, ran really large marketing campaigns in tech, and I got invited by President Obama to actually meet him and tell him about my experience as a working mom in the U.S. And that was because I had Redefining Mom, which I was not monetizing at the time. Left there, decided that hmm, basically I feel like this could be a thing, but I did not know how I could actually monetize the blog to replace my full time income. So in 2016. I ended up quitting my job and that's when I developed my first digital product, not knowing I was actually doing a digital product because nobody really talked about digital products. Then there was no teachings on what it was and really what it boiled down to, which I'll talk to in a minute, was I realized that the audience I'd been building on redefining mom had a problem that they, that I could help them solve, which is really all a digital product is. And so I launched my first digital product from there things kind of took a life of their own. I ended up having, I by nature of my marketing background, I was always very focused on ROI, mm -hmm. um, return on investment. That's like, I could, in the blogging model way of doing things, which is how I got started, everyone cared about page views. And I always used to say, I don't understand why we care about page view. Where does this lead? Uh, how are you making money? So for me, I got really hyper-focused on getting people onto my email list. And at the time, Pinterest was exploding. And I got really good at running Pinterest ads before like anyone else ever invested in it. Everyone was like, well, Pinterest sends me free traffic. Why would I pay for ads? I'm like, cause they're going to be paid to play eventually. That's the way this works. And so that benefited me a lot. I ended up having a really big course on that that lasted for four years. And then in 2020 kind of burned out on Pinterest. Didn't want to teach it. I really felt like I couldn't meet my bigger goals of the business. And at that point I had launched over hundred digital products and Empowered Business was born. So the first digital product I launched, which is the one I tell um, episode two of my podcast, I actually go through the whole story of this. Um, so to date, this launched in 2016. So the way that this worked was I had this working mom blog. It was all about like women's right to work and, mm -hmm. uh, how to manage your life as a corporate working mom. And then I quit my job and my small, but mighty audience at the time was like, so the girl is all about right to work, just quit her job. I don't like, they didn't understand. I was getting a lot of emails <laughs> about it. Yeah. So I said, Yes, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to turn this into a business. And they're like, can you teach me how to do that? I'm like, no, I'm learning how to do it myself. I'm not going to teach you something I don't know how to do. So what, what resonated with me out of all these conversations I was having just by nature of listening to what people are asking me was I really am overwhelmed in my corporate job too. I don't have enough time with my kids. I cannot balance my life. I like all these things, but I'm still very passionate and I want to work, but I want to do it more on my terms. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I could ever get to that point of doing that because my family realized my income. I'm like, yeah, my family realized my income too. So one of the first things we did was my husband and I put together this budget spreadsheet, which we still to this day live and swear by. Like I'm in this thing every other week, 
paying our bills. And essentially the basis of this was to project out our cash flow for the family so that if I did take the risk to quit my job, I understood that, you know, a good scenario, bad scenario where we'd end up in a year. And that's like my strong suit, my MBAs and finance. I, I do like spreadsheets. I know a lot of people don't. And really what I was doing without knowing I was doing it was mm-hmm. my audience had a problem. And I was like, oh, I have a solution for that. Let me give it to you. So four hours back in 2016, I spent putting it, putting my own family budget into a template and recording a quick video when I did not know how to edit videos back in the day. And this has gone on to make just under $400,000 with very minimal. I, when I say that this is as passive as it gets, it really truly is because mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I talk about it very naturally to my audience. I do not do any big marketing campaigns about it. And the thing that really uh, comes out a lot when I'm talking about this is I get asked, yeah, but you know, like maybe somebody wants to do, they're like, I haven't, I'm really good at X, Y, Z and mm-hmm. I could do a digital product by, about it, but you can get that for free. And I, I make people go Google family budget templates. You, these are a dime a dozen. You can get a million free templates. That's not the point. Cause the point is, is that you can go Google it and download it for free. But the problem is likely people won't actually use it because they don't actually know it's going to work for their situation. Right. And so it's the connection point that you make with your audience. Like I, I use this to do X and I'm going to show you how to do the same. And people are willing to pay for that. And I always say, so I'd be $400,000 poorer if I had listened to that advice and thought, oh, <laughs> everything on the internet's free. So I just won't put it, Taylor, yeah. put it in as a digital product. So that's like an objection. I'm always like, we're not, we're not playing that. <laughs> um, so digital products, this is like my definition of it, but basically um, a digital product is an asset you create once that you can sell over and over again. And it's profitable because you do the majority of the work one time. Now, digital products can also be paired with like group coaching and stuff like that. And clearly that requires you to show up live. But the digital products I talk about are are truly the ones that you really do. It's like, the, I'll cover what an ascension ladder is, but it's essentially the, the entry point into getting people to know, like, and trust you and also pay you money. Um, and those digital products on the bottom of your ascension ladder really don't involve you showing up live. It's like, I hand you my family budget spreadsheet. I give you the video. You're now you're on your own. You know, I'm like showing up and handholding you with it, which makes it very leverageable. So the key to a digital product is simply this. It's a solution to your customer's number one problem. That is honestly all a digital product really is. And so the four main ways that you can package a digital product online are eBooks, Digital templates, so that would be like my spreadsheets. Also, we have like website templates and you might see Canva templates out there, Trello boards, things like that. Printables, so I always use the example of like, I bought a printable potty chart, but my four-year-old, three-year-old at the time wasn't going to be going on the computer to check off when she went potty. I had (laughs) to print it, we laminated it, but it was a printable, it was a digital printable that I I bought online. And then probably the thing that people know the most are digital courses. and I also will talk about like just the briefly the differences in a little bit about those. Okay, so the most important thing that I want people to remember, because I've done this for a long time and taught a lot of people, everybody wants to, as my mom would say, boil the ocean with their first product. I'm going to walk through like how I come up with my product ideas. And, and so I often have people come to me and say, I have no idea what I could sell or nobody would buy like, what it is I'm good at. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then we go through this reverse engineering exercise and they come back to me and say, I want to do all the things and they want to throw the kitchen sink in with it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, if you cannot get the people who, if people invest in you off the bat, which is what you want them to do with mm-hmm. a smaller digital product, if you do not get them a result, they will never buy from you again. And that is a waste. So boiling the ocean and trying to tell in a one product, all the knowledge you have on that one topic does not help. So it's really important when you're first doing it to really get hyper focused on solving Mm -hmm. one problem by offering one solution. I always call it like one-to-one. That is what your first, that's how you should get started. Um, So I mentioned Ascension Ladder. So the reason that this is important is because really there's, in my opinion, having done this for as long as I have, there's really two main ways that if you're going to create, and when I say smaller digital products, I'm talking like $97 and below. Yeah. There's two ways you're going to do it. You can family budget spreadsheet. I sold in volume. I never wanted to talk about budgeting. It's, that wasn't the, that was not my intention to be online. As a matter of fact, I hate budgeting. I would much rather make money than save money. Mm -hmm. Like I say this all the time. So I was not going to build out an ascension ladder or a product ladder, which was going to be like, here's a a budget spreadsheet. And now I'm going to give you a budgeting workshop and all this stuff that was never going to happen. So what that meant was I was going to sell that in volume. Here is this easy budget template. You buy it from me. Cool. The other way to do it, which is more leverageable because if you're selling volume, then you, you know, you have to attract more people to you. um, And you're constantly attracting new people because you, if you're not having anything else to really offer them, that's related to sale to sell. Mm-hmm. And redefining mom is a little different because I attracted a certain avatar. So while I might not have created other budgeting products, I could create other mom type products that people would buy. So it's another way to do it like adjacent products and the Ascension ladder model. Essentially you bring someone in on a smaller digital product and it gives them that one, like solving their most pressing need, which I'll explain how I find what that is. And then from there, you move them up a ladder, essentially, like what's the next logical thing that they should do for you. And what ends up happening more times than not is by virtue of selling products, you get feedback. People do, if you have a funnel behind it, an email funnel, what you should, you ask, you want to, you you always want to follow up with your customers. Like think about think about stores that you buy stuff from those surveys that come out and they're like, can you tell us your experience? You always want to follow up because by nature of that, people are willing to tell you their problems. They actually want to tell you their problems. And then you can figure out what the next logical thing is that you should create that would take them along a journey to keep whatever your topic is, you know, to keep building their knowledge base. Um, So the way I teach this in my, uh, I guess, program (laughs) is I call it the hike design and I spent a long time trying to figure out the name. And basically, because I really, I, I do think that there's a little bit of a thing in the online space where people always say everything's easy. And I always say like, this actually does take work. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. so I never want anyone to come in thinking that it's like magic, you know, you're going to have to put some effort into this. That's where the hike design came from. Um, and so the first rung is, of it is help, which is that's where we have to find the problem. What problem are we even solving for people? Innovate is where we build the solution. Then you have to go actually create the digital product. Knowledge, and this makes me a little bit different how I do this part. That's where you go and educate people who need the solution. And I actually send, there's two ways I do that, either direct to a freebie, which there's a differentiation between what the freebie should be in the, in the first product, mm-hmm. or I go direct to the sales page, but my sales pages are not meant to be just 
sales pages. They're meant to be educational. They're meant to take you on a journey. They're meant to tell you story. So we also often have walkthrough videos. Um, it always correlates to like how this product actually is you, like how, what it did in my life or, you know, in like my student's life, whatever is mm -hmm. relevant. Um, it's not just a here, let's buy this, especially for someone who doesn't know you, they're, they're going to have to be educated at the same time that you're selling to them. Um, and then the end of this is the experience, which is where I see so many people fall off, which is, you know, like when I was getting my MBA, the, the mantra was always acquiring a new customer is way more expensive than retaining a customer. Mm -hmm. And so if you never do follow up, if you never have a way to keep communication open with the people who do buy from you, well, then you're going to be acquiring a whole ton of new customers and it's going to be costly and, and take a lot more Mm -hmm. effort on your part. So the passive part of digital products, I say that loosely because nothing's truly passive, but the passive part does come in when you set up the ability to communicate with them after the fact. Um, so bringing it all together, just like high level, the first part, and that's the part where we'll talk about actually how to find your idea. Cause I think that's like where most people who haven't done this yet get stuck. Mm -hmm. So you find your idea. We use search engines to do that with reverse engineering. <laughs> Then we put together the solution. So we put together a free opt-in and we put together that first product. And then the follow-up is the, now we're going to actually email you and communicate with you regularly, not show up in your inbox once every two months and mm -hmm. hope that you remember us. Yeah. <laughs> so search engines. So here's the thing about search engines. That's how content gets found online. That's logical, right? So reverse engineering, essentially when we go into this process, I ask my students to, to, what we're looking for is the who, what, and how. So the who is your ideal customer for your digital product. You want to put the hat on as if you're your ideal customer while you do this exercise. And then the what is what is their number one problem that you want to solve? That's what you're trying to narrow in on is when you go through reverse engineering, you want to, that's, you want to figure out what that problem is so that you can do the how and the how is the solution. And what's the solution? It's your digital product. So the way that a search engine works is when you go to a search engine, what do you do? You are searching what? You're searching your problem. Those are the keywords you're putting in. Your, your problem is actually the keywords that you enter into the search bar. Search results come back at you and they provide inspiration. And depending on the search engine, it can be visual, it can be textual, or it can be video. Mm -hmm. But that is almost, it's basically pre-framing you. Like you put in a problem and now the inspiration is coming back to pre-frame what that possible solution can be. And once someone clicks through to a website, they're presented with the solution. That's the whole point. The, the website they click through is offering that solution for us or for me and how I teach that mm -hmm. solution would be our digital product. Um, so people use search engines to search for a solution to their problem. And since that's what a digital product is, it makes sense that we would use search engines to figure out. So for me, as I mentioned, I pretty much like was the Pinterest girl for four years. Mm -hmm. So naturally I start with Pinterest and here's why. As, as humans, we're very visual people. And the, the cool thing about Pinterest, and, and I do say this with a caveat, your topic might not be prevalent on Pinterest and this might not be as relevant to you. Mm -hmm. However, um, Visual search, engine, visual search engines are very powerful because of that whole pre-framing idea. So when I look at this, so one of the examples I use with my students is this idea of bullet journaling. I don't sell anything bullet journaling. I don't even bullet journal. So I picked a, just a random topic to illustrate this with. And essentially 
when I put in, what was the search term I put in? I put in bullet journaling for beginners. So if I was going to create a digital product, right. And I was like really good at bullet journaling. I want to help other people, um, figure out how to bullet journal. Okay. It seems like creating something for beginners would be a logical place to start. So I put this in and the first thing that comes back to me, like what I'm looking at when I'm doing this is what is showing in the search results that I could create a digital product with. So like when I'm looking at this, I see habit trackers, the things that stick out to me, bullet journaling, minimalism. So people are interested in bullet journaling and they're also interested in minimalism with it. So like really clean layouts come to mind, how to track using, how to track using your bullet journal. So, mm -hmm. um, and several how to draw pins like that's very prevalent in the, and as I reverse engineered, I knew nothing about this before I did this. I learned as I went, um, calendar layouts, a mood tracker. So the things that kept popping up to me are like, they, people like layouts, they like mm -hmm. trackers. These are all things you could create and package into a digital product. Then I go to Google and the thing about Google, there's really two main things about Google, Google at this point that I care about. The first one is the popular people also ask section. Right. I have to tell you that is literally people telling you that is Google coming back at you and saying, these are the exact questions that people are asking about your topic. Like these are the objections, these, so framing it like this, these are the objections that people have about your topic. Mm -hmm. So in terms of that, that could be a really great idea for a freebie. So if someone has an objection before they would be willing to buy your solution because they're so stuck on, if I don't figure this out, I can't possibly take the next action, solve that in a free opt-in. So I use the, the people also ask section all the time. And the other thing I do, on Google scroll all the way down to the bottom and I look at related search results. Why? Because they will connect other keywords to the problem I'm searching. So I often, when reverse engineering, will think this is the problem my, my customer will have with this topic. I put it into the search engine and through taking cues from visual things and related searches, I'll be like, oh, people are actually searching this keyword instead. So if, yeah. if I want this to be relevant, I better use that. Um, so <clears throat> the last one I use is YouTube. The thing about YouTube is, First of all, YouTube is in the business of um, rising in their algorithm to the top, the videos that are getting clicked and viewed the most. So because of that, you can rest pretty assured that the, to the topics that are coming to the top are very relevant to what people are actually searching. What I do, I rarely really take the time to watch the videos. I go to the description. I am very interested in the keywords they are using and where the person creating the video is sending the people. Where, where are they being sent? What are they offering? That's a really good clue into, if, if I was creating videos on YouTube, then I'm pretty clued into the solution that the people who are watching my videos need. So I wanna know where they're sending people. That would be very important to me. Yeah. So that's how I use YouTube. Especially the popular videos. Those are the ones mm -hmm. that they know what people are looking for. Absolutely. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't be creating it because it'd be right. a waste of their time, you know? Um, so. The idea behind reverse engineering to like put a bow on it is mm -hmm. you, you search the problem and figure out exactly what problems people are facing related to your topic. Then I look for the solutions that are already being offered and they might not be in the form of a digital product. They could be in the form of blog posts. They could be in the form of um, like physical media, something physical that you would buy. But I'm looking to what's already being offered. And the idea here is how do you make yours different and better? That's like what you, at the end of the day, that's what you're looking to come up with is what your solution will be by, by going through this process. So I had already mentioned that basically I break down digital products, like entry-level digital products into four buckets. And so quickly, I'm just going to go through like how I decide which 
digital product is best for the topic. So mm-hmm. eBooks, here's the thing. eBooks are static and they should not include content that's going to need to change. So for example, when I taught Pinterest advertising, every time Pinterest made a change, I would have to go and update that PDF and update that ebook. That is not an effective way to have a product on a topic that is very, that, that changes. But if your topic is evergreen, so like this was the first, once I finally started the online business and people kept asking me about like what the, my initial first steps were and I got over that initial hump, I wrote about it. Those were never going to change. What I did to start this was never going to change. It was, it was a story that was very conducive to putting in an ebook. So that's what I did. The next one is printable. So um, I say this is best for action-oriented content when customers preferring prefer printing out the template and filling it in by hand. So I do a lot of spreadsheets, which are digital templates, mm-hmm. but I also have a, a section of my audience that really likes to print stuff and actually fill things out by hand. They're still very much like the visual feel type thing. Um, and and there, then there are just some things that lend itself that they have to be printable, like my daughter's potty chart. Like we needed that to be printable. A lot of teachers that come into my courses, their stuff needs to be printable because teachers are bringing it into school to use with their students. Um, digital templates are the same thing. They're, they are action-oriented uh, products that you're giving. Uh, what do I, I call them usability tools a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so people love usability tools. Uh, they they want you to give them something that they can actually like get their hands dirty and use. And so spreadsheets are great for that as well. I've done spreadsheets, website templates, Canva templates. We've done Trello boards. I mean, there's lots of different ways to do digital templates, but I would say spreadsheets for us have by far been like our biggest, mm-hmm. our biggest thing. And then the last one is digital course. And the thing about this, this is multimedia. In a course, you can upload videos, uh, visual aids. And if your topic is ever changing and you a core, first of all, there's going to be some topics that just lend itself that you have to, like, if I'm going to walk you through how to build a funnel, I can't really do that in an ebook. I got to do that in a video. So there's going to be topics that lend itself towards digital courses. But also if your solution changes a lot and requires a lot of updates, mm-hmm. it's a really great medium to do it in. And then the last slide is basically why sell digital products. This is one of the questions you asked me before I came on Mm -hmm. here. So I just like sat down and thought, that's a good question. Why digital products? (laughs) So first of all, it was funny because when I, when I do webinars on this now, I actually had taken this out because my, it had gotten really long and I thought maybe we should put this back in. So um, here's the thing, digital products, low startup costs. It makes it easy to get started and turn a profit. That's like of all the ways to create a business, I have to say, it really doesn't like just taking the family budget spreadsheet, for example, what did that require? What did I use? I used Google, which is free Google Sheets. <clears throat> yeah. I used QuickTime on my Mac, also mm-hmm. free with my Mac. That is all I used. What I had to pay for, I had to pay for a mechanism for people to pay me money. So at the time I was using SendOwl, that was like $9 a month. Right. It is quite low cost startup cost to get started mm-hmm. for this. Um, you can teach what you already know and love and make money from it. That's a big, like the thing is we all have expert knowledge in something, believe it or not, we all do. And if you're probably here, you're, if you're thinking about doing a podcast, you're doing a podcast, clearly, you know, something that you want to talk about enough, right? So it's easy to repurpose your knowledge for as a podcaster, blogger, or service provider. Basically it's, you take what you know and you either templatize it or you make it a system. That's what Mm -hmm. you're doing. You're just taking your knowledge and, and making it available 
uh, to the masses instead of like on a one-on-one for a service provider, or instead of putting it out there for free as a blogger or as a podcaster, the topic that you're talking about, you know, someone could go through like 50 episodes, right? Or you can aggregate it all into a product for them. Um, it's scalable, uh, leaving you with unlimited earning potential, like the family budget spreadsheet. I, I've, I, it can just keep selling. Like there's no limit to how many that, that, that can be sold. And there are millions of people who actually, you know, have budgets, probably billions. <laughs> and uh, you can create it once and you can sell it over and over again. And the most important thing I think I've learned over the years is that it truly is an asset in your business. Yeah. And when I started thinking of it like that, it's really actually freeing because it's, it's like this, this is limitless. It's it, in a lot of regards, most digital products are very limitless for your potential. Right. Right. Okay. And then the very last thing I did put together, if you just go to monicafroze.com forward slash Danny, it, it will take you to a connect page. So it awesome. just like gives you my uh, Instagram and things like that. That's good. And I love that you have the matching shirt on for the, I do. I did. You know what? I didn't know what I was going to wear. And I was like, <laughs> I should just wear, I don't do failure that this, uh, yeah. I don't do failure shirt came because I maybe out of frustration a little bit, like I could get antsy with people because people can be very quick to give up. Like they create the product and then they're like, this, my blogger friends are big on this, but nobody bought it. And I will go to their website and I'll be like, I can't even find it. Or like, what if you create something and like legitimately you had people have their eyes on it and still they didn't buy it. It's like, but I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't do failure. It's just a learning lesson. Like everything is just a learning lesson. I don't. Yeah. So you got to figure out how to make it work. What's, what's wrong with it? What do people, are people asking different questions? I, I talk about this with podcasts all the time. One of the beautiful things about having a podcast is that you can start it and then start asking for feedback and then six months down the road, completely change the focus because the audience is an audience you didn't, figure out you were going to have. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, three years later, you could change it again as things shift and as things evolve. Um, yeah. So I think that's important. Uh, could you bring up that second to last slide? Because yeah. those were like, I was like, oh, these are all the questions I want to ask you. Oh, sure. <laughs> so I can yeah. just, it's like my notes. I can remember what I want to talk about. I love that you, um, you presented these, the, the specific ideas or the specific, let's say vehicles as digital products mm-hmm. in the order that really does represent from the easiest to, to start with, to getting a little bit more complicated. The, mm-hmm. the spreadsheet using, I mean, even that spreadsheet we talked about at the beginning that I, that I bought just recently, you're still using Google docs. It was like, literally I downloaded it. It's a Google doc or it was a link and it was a Google doc and it said, duplicate this now. And I was like, oh, it really is just a Google doc. And mm-hmm. it it's so simple to the printables where, and I want to, I want to talk about design and some of that um, to the e- ebook to like a course where y- you might have to get a Kajabi account. You might have to do it on Thinkific. You might have mm-hmm. to go use go high level or something like that to build this out because you always want to be having it like you said, able to be updated. You might have to record new videos and upload it. You might change your, I I can't tell you how many times I've changed my PDFs that I have in my course because every two, three months, there's something new that happens in podcasting. There's, you know, just now like Apple's announced that they're going to have, I'm writing an email about it today. I can't remember what they, essentially they are going to connect with the biggest podcast media host to allow 
Apple premium podcasters that are, you know, now charging for subscriptions mm-hmm. to deliver their content to Apple through their media hosts so that these podcasters don't have to duplicate efforts now. Um, things are always changing. And what I wanted to ask about, because all of your stuff is beautifully designed, like it looks amazing. When someone is starting out with their first digital products, how much would you say it's important? You did mention people are visual. Um, mm-hmm. How important is it to make something look really great um, right out of the right out of the bat? I often talk about starting ugly, but like when you're going to sell something to someone, how important is that? Well, my husband has a my husband's still in tech in corporate, okay. and we always talk about. I'm a perfectionist, and that mm-hmm. actually a lot of entrepreneurs I find are. Um, and we get in our own way. And so my husband constantly was after me, especially in the early days about MVP, minimum viable product, get it out there. Because here's the thing too. I'm when you're getting started, I don't, you're not putting out a $500 product, right? Right. You're not, it's like, if someone bought, if someone truly paid me $17 for my spreadsheet and was like, this is awful and you suck. I'd be like, here's your money back. It's really not that big of a deal. So I think we get in our own heads about that. But here's what I will say. In 2016, there was nothing out there really to make any of this easy. Like, and I am not, I am, I am really like a very tactical, um, I have great ideas, but like pretty making things pretty is not my sweet spot. But now there's templates out there for everything, for eBooks, for Mm -hmm. planners, for printables, even like us, like we put together um, a sand, a spreadsheet sandbox for our, for our students. We did this um, quick win workshop about how to make your spreadsheet digital products pretty. Mm-hmm. And my operations manager did it. See, like, so I'm really good at spreadsheets, mm-hmm. but she makes them look amazing. And I was, I was on that workshop, which like was under my name. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I am learning so much. And it was so easy. <laughs> so it's really like the resources to make things look good are out there at this point where they were not in 2016. So people now are at a real nice advantage compared to back then. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so like looking good, important, get noticed, like you want people to notice something. Um, I, I think for a lot of people starting, and you mentioned it, that that big investment the beginning or the most of the cost is going to come from the delivery apparatus or the payment processing apparatus. Um, there's a lot of different things out there now. What is your go-to um, system, let's say, for delivering digital products and taking so, people's money and, yeah, and following we, up and all that sort of stuff? So uh, we really view our business in two distinct ways. So we use sales funnels to attract new people to us. And the mm-hmm. whole purpose of a sales funnel is to give a very hyper-specific buying journey. You're not confusing people with multiple calls to action. It's like, you come in through this page, I want you to do this action, and now you're in my world. Right. And so with that, we use Thrivecart. And Thrivecart is a funnel payment processor. It's meant to be used like that. Mm-hmm. And so for all of our courses, our membership is with subscription payments, everything goes through Thrivecart with that. We also have put quite the effort this year, particularly into our Shopify store. So at this point, I mentioned I have well over 100 digital products from over the years. Right. And when you think about that, to send people, to, what am I going to send them to 100 different sales pages every time? Yeah. And, and that was happening. And plus, I couldn't have a way. It got to the point where it was like, 
there's so many things I want to tell you about. Cause it's like, we have this great thing and that great thing, but like how many calls to action can you put in an email? And then it was right. before you knew it, we didn't even, we hadn't even talked about this great product we had for two years. Cause we didn't have the email bandwidth too. Mm-hmm. So the shop is really great for bringing in our warm people who are already familiar with us already trust us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey, go look at all this other stuff we have and add multiple things to your carts, very easy shopping experience. Mm-hmm. So that's the two ways that we bring in money. Both of those are hooked up to Thinkific. So that's where we deliver the majority of our, um, well, any programs like our memberships and courses, we try to, at this point, um, make any smaller digital products, like the spreadsheet, um, any templates, Mm -hmm. it's actually just a downloadable, we call them purchase PDFs. So we have a whole system, like it's a very standardized, system Mm -hmm. makes it super easy to spin up new products too. So it's just a purchase PDF. So like, and that's what you got when you downloaded it. It was a PDF that told you this is how you you actually get the Google sheet on your computer. (laughs) Right. Really straightforward, really easy. Um, And what are you using for email? Like you mentioned Thinkific is connected into it, but what about email? What's your preferred email? We use ConvertKit. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's what I recommend too. And they integrate with a lot of different things uh, that that's helpful to know because i think for a, a good number of people that's where the overwhelm comes in is like wait okay i i do i need stripe like what pay uh, hey, like who who am i connecting to what and how am i connecting it um and having a, a solution that does a lot of those things and connects really easily is is helpful um i love that you also use the word repurpose um especially in that point for podcasters how often do you see, um, and maybe you've done this with some of your eBooks, podcasters taking their episodes mm-hmm. and transcripts and things like that and and either doing it themselves or ghostwriter or just a, an editor or someone like that. How often do you see podcasters just directly repurposing the content that they create? In that regard, it's very similar to bloggers because mm-hmm. I work with a lot. It, it is actually an incredibly similar con- concept yeah. because while yours is in a voice medium, audio medium, mm-hmm. theirs is simply in a text medium already. And often I see it all the time. And that's a huge, for, for bloggers, it could be a huge objection because they're like, but it's available for free. Same thing with podcasters, but right. you can just go, yeah. yes. But the whole point of a digital product here is like someone like me, like Use I'm impatient, piece. I'm super busy. Yeah. I want you to give me what I need in an aggregated way right. so I can consume it, accomplish what I need to accomplish and move on with my life. Yeah. I don't want to listen necessarily in to 30 of your episodes to get to the end result. I might not have time for that. Right. You know, so it's all about, it's, it's aggregate. It's you're aggregating the information and making it really easy to go from point A to point B. Yeah. And I love like I've seen actually now podcasters do this where it's come full circle where they've, you know, spent a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars on a ghostwriter to really clean up 25 episodes and like with an outline and really assemble a nice ebook that then they record an audiobook version of their own ebook that came from their podcast so that people that are like, well, I want to listen to it, but I don't want to have to read it, but I don't want to have to listen to 50 of your episodes to try and piece this together. Just let me know what you want. And then they they buy it an audiobook, which 
it's just like, and that's a no brainer because you're a podcaster and you're already set up to read your own thing that someone else created. So, well, uh, um, so you know how I said, I refer to the digital templates and the yeah. printables as usability tools. So mm -hmm. here's a really good example. Let's say I had a podcast related to the redefining mom topics. And mm -hmm. I'm talking about, you know, like my story and how we really got our finances in order so that I could take this risk as an entrepreneur. And then I'm like, Hey, guess what? You've just listened to me explain how this changed my life. Mm -hmm. Now let me send you to the tool so you can do it too. And that happens. Like I talk about how I goal plan. Everyone wants to know I was, <laughs> I'm very numbers based. And so everything I use data to inform everything, even for my funnels, like my funnel tracking spreadsheet. So I can have a whole podcast episode about how I problem solve a funnel, why something's not converting, what I'm looking at, the numbers I'm looking at. And then I can be mm -hmm. like, Hey, by the way, I put this all into a really awesome spreadsheet that makes it really easy. Right. Here you go. Here's the link to it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the takeaways, I, 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 I think we've, we've said what needs to be said on this. Like the takeaway is, it's not that hard to get started with this. It's no, not, not that hard to deliver them. You're already, if you're a podcaster, you're already creating this stuff. And um, you just need to get moving because if you if you go back and watch this again, Monica has given us a system for how to figure out what to deliver, what you should get, what you should sell first, and then and get going and, and see where it grows from there. Um, I appreciate this, I really do. And uh, if I remember correctly, Monica, well, let's let's bring bring that last slide up again. MonicaFroze.com sure. slash Danny. So people can get that. Um, and and just if they have any questions, Monica sends great emails out all the time. Definitely get on her list um, there. Like I like I said, I've bought multiple products at this point and, and have learned so much from them. So I really appreciate you coming out and doing this today. And yeah. hopefully some people will show up on your list. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.